Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. To the sweet sounds of Kevin Buddy Wilson, it's Hump Day with Swanee and friends, Samantha Riches, the the, the punctual Dane Swan, and guest friend, the punctual James Bartell. Hello. G'day, guys. How are you? Yes, everyone's punctual. Except for. I've wondered, why do we always wear headphones? Because we're in the same room. You don't have to wear them. Yeah, so I can hear when I'm off mic. Normally, I'm okay. Yeah, fair enough. Yep. Um, I don't know. Gives you a better experience. Wondered that for the last three years we've done it. Yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> Just finally said it. <laughs> so I'm delighted you're in. Um, but Samantha and I, you'll Dane will always have this air of superiority mm. about him over us two. But just there's a bit less air of superiority over the whole room today, Dane. Yes, the the, the difference between. Mm, I know. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> well. Um, so uh, what's the usual week for you, by the way? Usual week for me? Um, oh, let's start with the, the weekends and, and go from there. Yeah, we'll we hear and see you on the weekend. Yeah, I, so I thought I saw mm. you. Were you at the dogs game on the weekend? I was. I was doing yeah. that uh, for Channel 7 on the boundary, which it still baffles me why they put someone down there. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's the worst view. Um, <laughs> and they're asking for com- they're asking for comments um, about the game. I'm going. I'm actually sitting below the players' knees. <laughs> <laughs> and then you you asked me about an injury o- on the bench, and we know now there's 48 support staff, and they're all lined up next to you. And I go, oh, I can't see a thing. <laughs> like, are you let us speak to them, or you no, just I, tap I, a support staff on the shoulder? You sort of lean over, and I go, oh. You guys are probably better to see it up there than I am, and then just shoot me the footage, and I'll, yeah. I'll take a guess at it. Um, so yeah, on on Sundays I, I do some stuff for Seven, but mainly Three AW, um, whether that be now Thursday night games, we've got so many of those, and definitely Saturdays, and then a bit of radio on Sunday, and then some radio on, on Monday, and then sort of my weekend is, is Tuesdays and Wednesdays, and then you're back into the yeah. footy around again. Uh, other commitments that, that so we know of GWS. Yeah, on the yeah. board of the GWS Giants, been there for three years. Um, using the political terms at the moment, my portfolio is um, <laughs> is football, and there's a little bit of uh, the boring stuff called audit and risk. Just because uh, football programs now are you know thirty, forty, fifty million dollars and salary caps and sort of stuff like that, you, you've got to be across all of it. But it, it's actually been 
a better experience than I thought. It, it sounds pretty dry and boring being on the board, but coming from Geelong where um, it's as heartland as it gets for footy, there's 40 local footy clubs, um, and then going and seeing an expansion club has been pretty cool. So, yeah, this is what I'm going to say. So as a one-club legend to be able to go to another club, learn a system, but also do off-field work. Dane. Uh, Get some tips, please. How did you get there? <laughs> <laughs> and is it, a, is it a paid gig? Being <laughs> on the board? No, no pa- it's, it's a love job. Uh, yeah. Well, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's out. Yeah. 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 Do many yeah. of those. Yeah. Yeah, it's a love job. It, it Cause, cause does. His eyeballs started rolling once you said orders. Or ordering and risk. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I've taken a lot of risks. Yeah. yeah I haven't yeah. done much auditing of myself. <laughs> no, no I, I got there actually. Um, there's a number of people involved in footy who I knew for years and years, and Dave Matthews is the CEO. He's a Geelong guy. So informally over the years, I was sort of just giving him bits and pieces of advice, and then we, we made it a formal arrangement. So a formal unpaid arrangement. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do you have to be there in person? Is it? Uh, well, last couple of years couldn't, so there was yeah. a lot of Zoom. But the Giants got stuck here for about oh, 10 weeks during COVID. Okay. So, um, yeah, probably seeing them a couple of days a week when they were stuck down here. Yeah. Coaching, is that... Something interests you? There is a little bit of an itch that I want to scratch, but I have no interest in being um, an assistant coach. As you guys know, they sit in front of laptops. So mm. yeah. I spent far too do too many hours for far little pay. Exactly, and I don't know how you were, Swanee, but I never used to watch my edits. Because <laughs> no, never. What do you reckon the answer is to that, Jimmy? Yeah, they're probably not. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> I, I just reckon players get tied up in knots. Like yeah, you know. and I was, I was like, I don't need to see myself <coughs> run to the wing, take an uncontested mark and handball or someone running past me. It was mm. like, or, or why do I need to see that again? Like, I know that's, that's what we do a million times. I was like, if I, they always, and all the edits I needed to see was usually in the coach's room, me not chasing someone or something <laughs> like that. Whoever invented behind the goals, <laughs> exactly, needs to be ruined their headlock. <laughs> exactly, ruined a lot of careers. <laughs> Along with the guy who created burpees and the beep test. Those yeah. three you can get in the bin. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, so I wasn't a big edit watcher. Maybe one or two if they wanted to show me something on game plan, but I didn't need to see myself running around kicking the ball. That's that's what everyone does. What I've done for thirty years. I need to see myself getting uncontested marks on the wing. So, so Dane's actual quote about assistant coaches. I said, "What makes a good assistant coach?" I think it was with Brad Scott when he uh, moves on from North Melbourne, and he was an assistant coach for Dane. And his actual quote was, "One who leaves me alone." Yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's not about just a, I, you. Just need the passing chat with a lot of them. Mm. Like, what are you yeah. saying? Things like that. A bit of the hallway chat. But I don't need to be. Dragged in, as Swanee was saying, and, and looking at you know, six different angles of how um, I was set up. You can just tell me that, can't you, on the training? And we have divisional meetings. Like yeah. We all sit, you all have to sit in them, and they, all, and they show you the five to ten clips on review that <coughs> the group needs to work on, the group needs to get better at, and that's that's all you need to do. Like, um, and maybe when you're starting out and you're in your first couple of years, you're not playing or you're trying to get to the level of playing consistent regular footy, fair enough, you have to. You have to suck it up and deal that you can't. You don't have the the power yet to go, mate. I'm not sitting. In, I'm not having. Well, I've just been in meetings for two hours. I'm not coming with you to sit in another forty five minute meeting. I'm going home. <laughs> so you have to suck it up when you're a kid. But um, once you get once you get established enough, I think you have you've earned the right to say, listen. Unless there's something really really bad, you need to see. I don't need to see good highlights of myself. I watch them enough at home. <laughs> I don't need to see the good ones. Just if there's any real bad ones or anything that I've actually haven't done well, show me. But if not, I'm not sitting there. And because mine and Jimmy's tapes went for a lot longer than most. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, uh, you need to you need <laughs> to, to add that one to your favourites list. You know, yeah. like put a little star on it. Exactly. So they went for a bit longer than the most other tapes. So it was like everyone else was in and out in ten minutes. Might sometimes go for an hour. <laughs> so and same with with Jimmy. So absolutely. So sorry. Some more about your, your thoughts towards possibly coaching. Um, oh, look, when when I go watch the footy and things like that, there's yeah, there's clear times from the stuff that you've learnt. You go, oh, why doesn't he just do this? Or if I could just talk to him for five minutes, you know, next time you, you'd love to help out uh, that sort of way. But um, I, I don't, I don't really have a passion. As you're saying, you've, you've got to be an assistant coach. You've got to serve, you know, sort of your time. And back on the point, I, if I didn't watch my own edits, how am I going to give some young player who's playing out at Casey, <laughs> yeah, you know, the, the time and energy yeah. to go through his, you know, 15, 20 edits. So um, I guess assistant coach is not really for me. <laughs> and, and again, I'm saying the same thing I said to Jay Watson without lining the inside of your pocket. I, I love the, the way you explain the modern game in simple English to us people on the couch yeah. uh, watching it. Um, when What was your approach towards how you went about it? And I'm talking about not a ground level, <laughs> yeah. but up in the box. Uh, the, the insight's brilliant because you're able to actually explain the strategy but in simple terms to the us, us idiots. Uh, no, I think it, we overcomplicate it sometimes. Um, it's, it's still a pretty basic game at its core. Um, um, not, not selling you know, all the, the mastermind short or, or things like that, but the, the basic principles are still the same. And I think people at, people at home, um, I think they can get bit lost and confused with all the language and the jargon but you know it's positioning it's where you want to kick the ball it's what you're trying to achieve and nearly every side's trying to do the same thing yeah um, I think you can map that out pretty clearly and I just sort of went with that approach if they didn't like it I wouldn't have a job and um, <laughs> I'm still getting a gig every now and then that well that that is true um now we're trying to, I've, I've, there's a few similarities to Dane along the along the way which we'll get to <laughs> definitely not speed or <laughs> courage well, I had none of that <laughs> He's got, more ta- <laughs> he's got more tattoos than I do. <laughs> Slightly. So uh, giving back, uh, I haven't seen you play local footy yep. post-career. Uh, have you at all? No, no. no uh, my, my last game was my last game. Yeah. Um, what year was that? Uh, uh, 16. It's when the dogs won the flag. Yep. Yeah, Swans, Same as me. Yeah, yeah. Swans rolled, uh, <laughs> rolled us in a prelim. We coughed <laughs> up about eight goals in the first ten minutes <laughs> and it was all over. It was time? Yeah, but yeah that, that was it. Um no, I haven't played. Um, obviously, my weekends are taken up with um, radio and stuff like that. Um, I had a couple of offers, but, yeah, I, I just didn't think I was fully committed to it. Um, like, I wanted to – if I was going to do it, I wanted to really do it. But Should I, that stop you, Dave, if you're not fully committed to it? Well, I think I'm fully committed, so I've got, that's why I've got compression on my hamstring at the moment. <laughs> yeah, so we'll the, talk about that. So that's for sure. I always learnt the lesson, if you're too athletic and you're too quick, you do hamstrings. Right. So I was far too slow <laughs> to ever do a soft tissue injury. So that keeps your longevity. When they go, oh, we're, we're recording you and testing you and speaking, no, 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 no. The, the blokes who are at the top end here, they spend four to five weeks out of year with a hamstring. I'm good. Well, that's your theory, theory with pendles, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's why pendles will play forever because you never never had any leg speed. So it's <laughs> it's once your leg speed goes where your body where your brain can't get to where your body expects, especially at the top level, where your brain and your body won't get to where you expect to be. And if you're that half a second behind or that split second behind, that's when the game goes past you. And that's why someone like Pendles, who's obviously a, a freak, never, but just never had great explosive leg speed, can play forever because he he's never had any to lose. And you relate to that. Absolutely. If you if you don't have, as I'm saying, if you don't have it to lose, 
<laughs> and people, it was always funny towards the end of your career they go oh geez he's gotten slow but I was never quick to start <laughs> with so what do you mean <laughs> like, am I going to gain speed here <laughs> so uh, Dane's uh, uh, career ending was, was made for him by his injury um, what was your process of uh, having to call it quits uh, question but just because from a from my perspective I w- when you were playing most of your career I was over in WA so sorry but you guys didn't actually matter because it was West Coast Eagles yeah. all the way but for me I feel like you retired way too early it's like what well, like I, why did you stop what well, was your reason well Geelong are recruiting players older than I was retired so <laughs> <laughs> maybe I might be a chance now yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so no um yeah, the club was sort of in that position where um, my generation, you call it Johnson, Chapman, Kelly, uh, Stokes, all that sort of group, um, they were going through a transition. Um, they were saying, well, let's move a few of these guys on. We'll get some other players in. And I was part of that group. I still had a year to go on my contract, but um, Steve Hocking, who was the footy manager, now he's done a lap and come back CEO. And Chris Scott said, oh, we want to go in a different direction. And I, I just... I just oh, okay, like it wasn't really much of my say, but they that was where they arrived, and um, I just had to respect that. And you think you had another year? Yeah, yeah, I think I had one more. Um, not the older, I've always got one more. But yeah. I, when I played um, through the midfield, I was still winning the ball. Um, you know, when they threw me down at half back, I wasn't getting beaten um, up forward. So I thought I was still holding my own. Um, I'm a bit of a believer until someone starts beating you out. Yeah, um, I get a bit confused with. With some of those, some of the thinking at AFL level, it's like we're not in a development competition. You're mm. supposed to be just picking your best twenty-two. We're at the pinnacle here, mm. which is very Test cricket thinking, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And if you're still competing for finals, like Geelong was still in the window. Well, mm. we see that still in the windows finals. I'm going, well, I'm here. Like, yeah, yeah, fighting, yeah. But, but in the end, you just sort of shake everyone's hand and was there, a, was there a chance to go somewhere else? Yeah, yeah. I never put myself up for it. Yeah. To be honest, I sort of just, yep, that's it. Um, I'm done. Uh, in hindsight, now when you see what Hodgie and a couple others have done, uh, I would have liked to explore the idea. Uh, I'm not saying I would have done it, but just if it was the right club and it, and it fitted well for everyone, I would have liked to entertain the idea. But I'd, I'd never really got that far into conversations. Mm. We'll take a break for a sec. Oh, sorry. Mm. No, no. Oh, it just must be frustrating I- your career ending because of someone else's decision when you've put so much hard work in over the years and then all of a sudden someone knocks on the door and goes, that's it, you're done? Yeah, it is. It is difficult when things are out of your control because, like, a lot of your playing career, like, you get yourself right, your body, you go through, you know, multiple times of contracts and then negotiation with the club and you, you feel like, okay, you know, can we have a bit more back and forth? But, yeah, that once something's out of your control, you, you get a little bit disappointed. Especially when you would have felt safe for mm. 12, 13, 14 years where you've, you're one of the elite players mm. in the league for so long and you just float around you think it's just going to keep happening and happening and happening and then one day especially with my foot mm-hmm. as well it's the same a bit different but um, same sort of thing it's taken away from you mm. and there's nothing you can do you're like fuck well what am I going to do now yeah. well it's it's easy getting relying on a bank on a paycheck every month and knowing you're going to play footy and then it finishes and you like oh fuck what am I going to do now mm. well we should ask Dane on retirement <laughs> went to the CS or whatever it's called what's it called now the, he, he went to apply for the doll. <laughs> Centrelink, yeah, Centrelink. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, had, had, did you try anything similar? Just because no. he oh. actually got knocked back. This oh, might surprise yeah. you. Yeah, and I wasn't allowed. <laughs> yeah, means tested out. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> um, I just about go back there. I think uh, I'm going to put my hand up. Um, I actually got on Google and didn't Google myself. Uh, that old thing. But yeah. Sure. Uh, uh, what I did was I was like, "What sports can I make it 
in my thirties. <laughs> well, well, nowadays Geelong Football Club. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, <laughs> it's the top of the list um, because it, it's cold turkey. Like you forget, it's not only your AFL um, life, but whenever, whatever age you started playing football, every weekend you knew what you were doing, mm. and you're training, or and then in the summer it was like, well, then back to pre-season, and you. So, like, I started footy when I was 11. So, you, over 20 years, I knew exactly every winter what I was doing. And then it's just, oh, I'm done. Yes. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's cold turkey. So, I was like, oh, can I be, like, can I make the Lawn Bowls team at the next <laughs> Com Games? And all, all stuff like Because you just, you're naturally wired to compete. Yeah. Mm. So, I was, like, sitting there going, oh, can, I, can I make, like, a judo team? Or is there, like, a, something <laughs> like that? What can I take up to... Just uh, get that competitive itch scratched. And Did you find anything? Yeah. No. It's Still looking. No, I left my run a bit late on a lot of <laughs> things. But local cricket and stuff like that, did you keep doing any of that? Um, I played a bit of cricket with some mates down at um, Colandina, yeah. um, things like that. I loved my cricket. Cricket has always been my first love. Um, sort of footy sort of picked me a bit more than I picked it. Um, yeah, I love love my cricket. So just a couple of local games here and there. So you cost yourself an earn then, because that says the 2020 year it came through, maybe. Yeah, I got the yeah. era wrong then. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. But Are you happy in hindsight after three premierships at Brownlow and Norm Smith, you chose yeah. footy? Yeah, I've had a, I've had a, I've had a good time. <laughs> <laughs> had a pretty good time, but yeah, um, I, I was playing cricket right up until I, I got drafted, and it's like, okay, got to do my first my first ever proper preseason was at Geelong, and geez, I was sore, <laughs> <laughs> lifting weights for the first time. That hurts. Oh, I know, I know how you feel. My proper pre-season was about three <laughs> years into my career. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dane, Dane's uh, moment was actually up the road from from you, wasn't it? Was that where you were at Williamstown Reserves Reserves? Yeah, yeah. Well, my first game was in out of Geelong's um, ground, just on the freeway there. Oh yeah, the Samaria's ground. It's a very small ground. Yeah. Yeah, well, I started on the bench. My first game <laughs> about ten a.m. So, <laughs> so I got there late. So that was um, oh, that's where my, that's where my career started. Yeah. Start. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a good start, wasn't it? Um, so so you've always reserve. said thousands of people were there because they all saw that you were going to make it. Yeah, no, it's incredible <laughs> the amount of supporters said I seen something in you a long time ago. Seeing <laughs> there was three people watching, I highly doubt it. You, you, but you were a bit more. You, you were a slow maturer too, weren't you? Uh, I, I played the first nine games in my first year. Yep. Um, got pretty much knocked cold by Essendon when they were rolling. <laughs> Dustin Fletcher went through me. Who else went through me that night? Um, would be all front on contact nowadays. Um, played the first nine and then spent the second half of the year in the VFL and it sort of chopped and changed in my first two and a bit years. Um, Bomber showed a fair bit of tough love, as, as they say, but it was good for me. It built. Resilience, I had to work on a couple of things on my game and learn to play a couple of different positions, which now in hindsight, like I think that added to the longevity I was able to able to have. I could go to different spots instead of just being, you know, when you come through underage, everyone's an inside mid because you can just run around and get the footy. So it helped me play out on the wing, half back, half forward. So as I said, I've got a list of things that are a bit similar, a bit different, but you grew up as a Richmond supporter like Dane did? Yeah, I did actually. I was a Hawthorne supporter, oh, but Hawthorne. close enough. Well, yeah. Oh my goodness! Who you got, who I should know more about you. Yeah. Who's the Hawthorne supporter in the family then? Like no one. Dad reckons um, I was born in '84, and they were winning all the premierships. So I just jumped on the bandwagon. Smart. That's yeah. that's mm. basically why I was a Hawthorne supporter. Mm. You haven't changed your personality in that respect, then. No, no, not at all. <laughs> so, tight white tigers. Uh, my grandfather, who was living with us at that stage, he was a big Richmond supporter. Um, I remember 
at the Geelong Falcons I went through with with Hodgie, and Hodgie was the number one pick since he was about six. Like he was just like <laughs> he was a, he was a man child. Like he was playing senior football at Colac, which yeah, you know, when when men are men down there since eight, and he was clubbing blokes at centre half back at like twelve sort of things. So I played all junior cricket and footy uh, with Hodgie, and um, he was always number one. And I remember. We're both um, 16 and Danny Frawley was coaching the Tigers at that time. They were playing the Cats down there and they invited both of us down there to have a day at the Tigers because we're both Richmond supporters. And they were, everyone was like, Hodgy this way, Hodgy this way. This, yeah, like, <laughs> meet, meet Richo, meet Brad Ottens. And I was like the plus one on, <laughs> on the back, which was fantastic because I got to pinch that many pairs of footy shorts and footy socks <laughs> of Tigers players and had footy training. I was just doling them out at my <laughs> local club and um, – Duncan Calloway, who ended up becoming a Geelong physio. Um, I said, oh, I remember meeting you when I was 16. He goes, yeah, 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 yeah. I go, yeah, I stole your shorts, <laughs> your socks, and, and everything like that. But, yeah, it was a bit of a Tigers. I wasn't a diehard die Tigers supporter because being in Geelong, you could – they used to open the gates after half time, and you could go watch the Cats play for free when it was all, all outer, and <laughs> that was Malcolm Blight sides and things like that, kicking 20 goals a game, which was pretty fun. Absolutely. So, and that was a bit weird, wasn't it, being a Richmond supporter in Geelong? Yeah, look, because Geelong is just like, it's footy obsessed. Yeah. Like, mm. there's supporters everywhere. I know majority of Geelong supporters, but yeah, there's Collingwood supporters, Bomber supporters. Um, yeah, they just love their football down there. Yeah. Um, so, you mentioned Hodgie. You, you, Dane had a, had a sort of a quiet way of getting drafted he was at schoolies what, what was your way of getting drafted did you go eight yeah went pick yeah. eight yeah. Uh, so that would have been a huge media event top 10 yeah it was the year where it swapped over because remember fox footy was just coming in and, and things like that so there were all these tv rights radio rights so it wasn't televised but they invited oh, i don't know 20 odd guys up to the tennis center yep and they they had it there and as you said like hodgie's obviously going number one mick turner drove down to colac Picked Hodgie up and he come past my house to pick me up. And it were was you in the back or the front? I was in the back. <laughs> <laughs> and um, my local footy club decided to take me out the night before. And I looked, you know, four or five a.m. Got, got home. <laughs> so he's like in the back. And I, as we pulled up the tennis centre, Mick Turner like turned around the car and goes, "Hodgie's going number one. Act excited." I'm like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no worries. So sitting there and you know. Pick one, the Hawks take, you know, Luke Hodge. I'm, I'm sitting next to him going, yeah, good job, good job. And they've whisked him off and everyone, they've, like, I'm just sitting there by myself at the tennis. Center. I actually fell asleep. <laughs> oh, <I was> like, <laughs> like this. And they're up to, I still remember, up to pick 32, <laughs> Richmond take, Dave Roden. Right. 32. Oh, shit, missed a few picks here. I wonder if I've been picked up. And I walked and it's the old school projectors, you know, they used to get out in school where they'd slide the thing. <laughs> They're putting up, and I go. I ran my name down. And I go. Oh, I've gone pick eight to the cats. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was just sort of then walk back to the seat. And Stephen Wells is the long time recruiting. He says, I've been looking for you. <laughs> go, oh yeah, what's well, okay. And that he already had James Kelly and Steve Johnson in polos <laughs> and hats. And, uh, and I knew Steve from Vic. We played Vic Country mm. together. Oh, Kel and James Kelly just playing against him from Calder. Yeah, one of yours. I played with him. Yeah. yeah. Oh, g'day, I guess we're all teammates. And, um, <laughs> so you have a giver. Yeah, and then, um, can I borrow someone's phone? I better tell mum. <laughs> mum, oh yeah, what's going on? I've uh, been drafted by the Cats, guess I'm staying home. She goes, oh good, what time will you be home? <laughs> <laughs> and mum was like, yeah, you're going to be home for dinner? Or like, so, yeah, probably, depends where the, how long they take the lodgy. Did you want to go to Geelong or did you want to come into town? 
Oh, I had a, uh, I only really had meetings with two clubs, and one was Geelong with Stephen Wells, and the other one was actually the Eagles because they were pick six and they were weighing up. It was all whether, you know, the one, two, three, Judd Ball, Hodge, and how that played out. Freo sitting at four thought they were always going to take the local Graham Pollack, and then it became myself or Sampy, and they went, well, let's go Sampy, the local. North were always in for a big, which was David Hale. And then um, Stephen Wells had told me a couple of nights before, he said, if you're there at eight, depending on what West Coast do, we'll take you. So I was like, oh, cool, like, that's exciting. But I was excited to go anywhere. Yeah. Like um, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't a, like a mummy's boy. I didn't need to be tucked in and um, yeah. stayed in Geelong. So I, I would have gone over there happily too. Were you a footy nuffy growing up? Um, I I was a sports nuffy. Like yeah. you know, I just couldn't. Couldn't get enough of any sport. Like, you know, there's cricket bats, golf clubs, everything in, in my bedroom. Love football. Uh, Geelong at that time, when I'm growing up, you know, they're playing all in the grand finals, getting beaten. So it was it, it, was, it was everywhere. But, yeah, it, cricket was my, my big obsession. Yeah. Uh, just a that little seems to be a common thing, though, doesn't it? What's Sorry that? Sorry to interrupt. A lot of no. elite footballers have a cricket background. It's like it's – Well, I don't. Like – what was your other sport? Like, cause you, you yeah, were basketball. Basketball, oh, right. yeah. yeah. yeah I, was, one I played, like, a bit like you, I played rep basketball on Friday nights yeah. where, you know, I wasn't, by the time I got serious enough about basketball, I wasn't, I was starting on the bench. So I was playing, like, you know, f- seven to ten minutes a game, driving from fucking Broadmeadows to, <laughs> and then dad drive me an hour and a half. You don't realise what they do. Drive an hour and a mm-hmm. half to play seven minutes on, like, a Friday night, then playing cricket Saturday morning, basketball Saturday Arvo, and then footy Sundays. It was like... Um, that's what you said. That's all. That's all we did, and it was um, in the end. Cricket got the ass first because it was you'd go to a party on a Friday night, and you'd be hungover, sleeping on the cricket bag, and I was shit at cricket, so that got that got the ass pretty pretty quickly. And then uh, then had to make a decision about basketball or football. But um, yeah, ba- I, basketball's my f- first love. <coughs> Alan Iverson's my favourite ever sportsman. Um, but yeah, basketball was was my. And I was. Trust me, if I f- there was an inkling I'd made it to the NBA, well, <laughs> I would have stayed that, but I was I realized I wasn't good at that either. So you you made that realization? Yeah, no, yeah, right. I did. Yeah, yeah. You're better at footy. Yeah, when I realized um, I was sat on the bench for the Broadie Broncos. That's what <laughs> great name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great name. That's when I realized the NBA wasn't in my ceiling. I'm not six foot eight. No, nor can I jump, or nor can I shoot. Just it wasn't a great dribbler. Um, <laughs> passing was okay, but uh, a few oh, setbacks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. is that how did you make your decision then? Because um, oh well, Geelong drafted me. Like um, finished year twelve. Yeah, you know, the draft's only a week or two after it. But I'd played um, like a national cricket carnival up in Brisbane. Um, had a, another really good mate involved in cricket, and we were just going to throw the kit bag and go see if we get like a sub county. Got a contract over in mm. England. Thought it's a pretty good thing to do when you're 18 and 19. You mm. drink a bit of beers and, yeah. and you get on the cricket tours over there, which they reckon is a great experience. So, um, I I love footy, but I wasn't like be all end all getting drafted. Like obviously dream to get drafted, but it was like well, if that doesn't work, let's let's give cricket a go. So um, I was pretty much playing cricket all the way up till. Um, right. I even um, I played a Geelong Falcons game, but I had a cricket <laughs> final, and it was when you play the just before round one um, a lot of the Vic country teams so like Geelong Bendigo Ballarat they'd play like a couple of games practice games and there was two games and it was on that outside oval yeah. uh, that you played your Williamstown yeah. game <laughs> so I played the first half of the first game and then I went up and played a cricket final and then <laughs> then come back and played the second half of the game so I was still playing 
But I was still playing cricket in my first couple of years at at Geelong until I busted my finger and they put a line through that. (laughs) Did your mate go play in England? Uh, yeah, he did. He he made a real good go of it, yeah. but he also came back about about eighteen kilos. So <laughs> <laughs> he came, he got the Heathrow injection. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, yeah, so you mentioned was it Johnson Kelly? Uh, was that handy father son the same? Yeah, junior. Um, <laughs> we played in the same Geelong Falcons team. You spent a couple of nights a week at my place after the games. Um, I, he, he was a freak from the start, but he it was almost like he knew everyone was watching and underage, so he'd just give it off. Yeah, like he'd be. He dodged two or three tackles. We know how impossible he was to tackle. And he'd be 15 metres out going to a goal. And like people would start standing still. But he'd just give it to him. Like, and he's like, oh, here, you, you have it. And he was just like running around, just giving it to people. Like, <laughs> going like that. I'm like, you can kick it. But would you have accepted those, Dave? Y- yep. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, Dave Roden was all that on our side. Dave Roden was the best junior I'd seen. He was a freak. He, he used, like, to, used to run around handball over people, get it. Like, him. like he was ridiculous. If he was three inches tall, he probably would have went, like in the top couple, but <coughs> obviously size back then was mattered. Apparently, it's still it still so, does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, remember, I remember playing against D Rod, and he literally <laughs> kicked goal the year every quarter, and that's not an exaggeration. Yeah. He just yeah. pick it up half back, and if you get close enough to tackle him, you just get poof. Because yeah. he, he had so much speed He was a freak he yeah, handball, He'd handball over people Run around and pick it up all yeah. And we didn't do anything We just watched him <laughs> He was so yeah. good Front row seat And, and what, what was Junior like early doors Compared to how he How he matured Off off and on field Oh he's super quiet yeah. um, I I think for him the, the big jump And everyone talks about That meeting he had down at Geelong Yeah when AFL oh, AFL uh, The 360 feedback Where they all said Look you know If you actually pushed yourself a bit more we see you as our version of Chris Judd like you've just got that top end ability and I think it was a bit of a wake-up call but also a confidence boost for him that like all all my teammates see me as being that good yep and you know back yourself in because we we see it you need to realize that potential and that's interesting that like yeah well sometimes son of a great and he had that skill behind him and he didn't believe well (laughs) I think he knew his ability, but again, he was always deferring and like worried about stepping on people's toes wow. and things like that. But sometimes, you know, when your teammates come to you, go, oh, we're relying on you. Like you see guys like sort of puff their chest out a bit and go, oh, actually, I am a bit of the man, so I'll, yeah, right. I'll take it on. You, you just gave me a little reminder. I, I did a gig recently here with Christian Petrarca and Clayton Oliver. Something came up about leadership, and Clayton said, "Oh, well, I'm not in the leadership group." I'm like, He's won three best and fairest. He's probably he's on line to be the Melbourne goat. But sometimes it's how the player sees himself, isn't it? Yeah, and uh, you, you don't know like they, how they've been brought up through the junior ranks yeah. or how they've first been received at the club. Like everyone loves to focus on on like Oliver, like his body shape when he was a junior and things like that. Whether that you know, took his confidence with his own personal form, but he's as you know, we all know he's an unbelievable player. But with with junior, he was just sort of. Oh, I can just play the role at half forward, just be a small forward if you want. And then, I oh, know you want me to do more? <laughs> yeah, because yeah, you're, you're that good. So yeah. he just went through the roof. So this is also on the list. So the 360-degree feedback the leading teams brought in. <laughs> Seems like Geelong were more keen to embrace <laughs> that than the Pies, Dane. What did you guys do? I know that another club did it, which remained nameless, and it went pear-shaped. Yeah, we, I think once the, everyone's seen the success that Geelong had, everyone, you know, yeah. it's a copycat league. Yeah. So everyone thought, well, this is the right thing to do. Um, so we obviously, we did a bit of it. Uh, <laughs> but like, Bill, I always, like every time it happened to me, I always knew there's no point giving me the feedback because I knew exactly what everyone was going to say. And I, and I, it was all about my field stuff and working a bit harder. I was like, well, 
Like, I, I understand that, but... Can't be bothered. Well, yeah, basically. <laughs> Can't be fucked. Um, I was like, yeah, I understand, but I was never going to sacrifice more of my... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Off-field stuff. For my on-field stuff, it was never going to happen. Um yeah, I, I, it was more about bringing the young kids along and stuff. But it, I, got, I said the same shit got told to me in the same meetings. And I understand um, that <coughs> footy clubs do those things, but it just it kind of wasn't for me. But, so what, but what, I understood. What uh, we were ready for it, really. Yeah. Like we, we'd had a couple of those big drafts. We'd sort of a couple of final series, then had that one average year that people focus on. We still won ten and a half games and people act like we finished last. Yep. <laughs> um, but we were... I don't know, just the group was at that stage. We we just needed a circuit breaker, and I think that, that helped it. It broke it down. You just air out. You know, some blokes have got shit on their liver about different things or they're saying things in a different way. The one thing about that feedback is you just let it all out. Yeah. All right, and then what do we do with it? Instead of just, I talk to you, and then we have a little committee, and, and Swanee and he, his group have a little committee and things like that. And So then it just airs it all out. People get it off, and then you just can move on and address it. You, you need to have the right group because some people, yeah. as much as people say, don't take it personally, they take it personally. If some people walk away from that and go, "Well, fuck him," yeah. like, <laughs> how, how dare he say that about me? Yeah. Like, so if you if you've got the group where you actually can, and I was fine. I never took anything personally, yeah. but like, some, you do get people. So you have to sort of evaluate your group and go, "Righto, we're not ready for this yet." And some people. Love the feedback and go right. I, some people needed it. Okay, well, yeah, shit, I didn't know, but I didn't know that about myself. Right, oh, if that's how you see me, I will change my training center. I will, I can do, do whatever it is. But you got to be careful. Some people, and you always said this is not a personal. This is not mm. on sold on your character. This is not this, this. It's well, and then people leave away and go well. Fucking reckons I can't chase. <laughs> the, I run defensively. Have you seen him? Like he's yeah. like, how dare this second year player come and talk to me who's played ten years? Like fuck him. Like no. So if you've got that kind of group, well then that's not going to go well. So it obviously takes your leadership team and your coaching staff to go. Oh, are we ready for this? Probably not. Let's ease in this way. But Geelong, as Jimmy said, we're obviously yeah. ready for it. We're probably a bit lucky that everyone was the same age, like yep. the same group, and. Um, so there was 10 in my draft. You go two years ahead, which is like Ling, Corey, Enright, that group, Chapman. They were, there was 10 in that draft, a few in between. So like you had pretty much 28 to 30 guys all within about two and a half years of each other. So like we're all sort of the same peer group anyway. Where, you know, when it's the same peer group, like you just pack your second skin to training because of the, the sarcasm mm. and the, like the shit taking out of each other. So you sort of already got that broken down where – you know, if Swanee goes, hey, mate, I think you need to pull your finger out, you know, during training, 
I'm not going to get take that personally. I know where he's coming from. So I think we'll be a bit lucky that most of the group, like in that group, the old boys were Scarlo and Tom Harley, who were at that stage about 25. So <laughs> yeah. they, they, they weren't really old. You know, Very Siemens-like now, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You've got a couple of senior players, but they're not really that senior when you look at yeah. it. Uh, so the the feedback, I'd just tell tell Jimmy that story about you and Pendles <laughs> getting Bucks letting you two off the track early and one of the young fellas. <coughs> yes. <one up. laughs> well, must have been a, I can't remember if it was during the – it might have been in the pre-season. And, um, you know, as you would know, like – some of the older blokes got some uh, leeway every now and then. Go right, you can go off for like halfway to train. You've, you've done enough. Mm. So me and Pendles ran off. I like, walked off when I said <laughs> time is done. Then one of the young kids, I think he's in his second year, started to walk off too. And Bucks was like, "Mate, where do you think you're going?" He goes, "Well, um, them two are going off. Why can't I?" <laughs> <laughs> and he's like a seven best and fairest, <laughs> like you know, a Brownlow, ten all Australians between them. <laughs> That's probably why. So um, it's fair to say he didn't last long under, <laughs> under Bucks. But um, the did chief you have any similar along the way? We just no names, no. just the story. But young fellas, just think. Well, hang on. Well, good for I the goose is yeah. good for the gander. Yeah. But no, we had a bit of a different one. So you know, our clubs are always looking for new um, frontiers to recruit players, and um, <laughs> our club went through this region of sort of Queensland, New South Wales. Can we convert a f- like volleyball players and you know, rugby union players who do line-outs because they're massive and things yeah. like that. And uh, the club brought this one kid down and he absolutely smashed everyone in the time trials and things like that. And we got, oh, this kid's going to be the next thing. Well, oh, yeah, okay. Got the balls out and we're just doing simple, like, kicking to each other for, like, 20 metres away. And he missed Andrew Mackey about four times by 20 minutes. Mackey started rolling on the ground laughing. <laughs> and we're like, oh, you can't laugh at him, Mac, things like that. And he goes, oh, yeah, no, it's good. Send him out for the next time trial. Like, <laughs> he was just burrowing. How long did he last? Yeah, he didn't come back after. <laughs> <laughs> Which brings me to uh, your attitude to pre-season because Dave thinks pre-season is before the season, but you don't train before pre-season starts. Yeah, um, you have an off season. You have an off season, <laughs> and then you have your pre season. You don't have yeah. a pre pre season. <laughs> well, you have some I people d- do. Yeah, oh, I do. Sure. Feel young player like cool, this generation makes a sound. Yeah, old. they they don't have an off season because the pressure on them now, like yeah, you know, oh, your skin folds, your time trials, all this, it makes no sense to me why they need to be breaking records back day one. And exactly. the pressure put on them is ridiculous. Yeah, because the only way you can go, like you can't for a two k, you can't run four minutes. No. So if you come out and run sub six minutes your first day back. There's only a certain wall you're going to hit, and eventually the only thing you're going to do is decrease. Mm. Like you're going to hurt yourself, so you, you can't be up for ten months. Like you can't be flying at well, whatever when they come back first of November, mm. and by the time first of March comes around, the only thing you're going to be able to do is decrease. You cannot keep that level. So I always come back from a base where I could go like that. <laughs> so I come back from a low base. So eventually, by the time the footies and that come out, when mm. I guess lucky thing for us. Was, my, my, I wasn't a super aerobically fit guy. I wasn't like Pendles or Steel or something. But when the footies came out, I was naturally – I could find the ball. So that's one thing I had. So I was all right. When the footies come out, we'll see. Or they, let's see who gets the game round one. The bloke who smashed the time trial first day back. Because no one fucking remembers the bloke who won the time trial in October. But everyone remembers how they went in the preseason and how they went when the footies came out and the competitive stuff. That's my theory. Yeah. My, my first year, we did like – they'd send you off. There'd be training camps with – you know, tag with you doing clinics. And I remember being up at Ballarat and Peter Riccardi, he did the beep test and it was 13-1 and he just pulled out. And I'm like, 
but he looked like he had lots in the tank. <laughs> and I was sort of sitting there and he came over as we were walking to sort of breakfast, he put my arm around and he goes, just ticked it off again. I go, what are you talking about? He goes, 13-1 every year because then <laughs> if you go more, they expect more on top of that. You go less, they think, oh, he's dropped off. So for 15 years, he did 13-1. He's a genius. <laughs> he just checked out. Okay. He goes, you've got to play the long game, young yeah, fella. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> Who wasn't so good in that area pre-season? Uh, it was always the big boys. Um, Scala always made sure he beat the, the Ruckman home. It was one. <laughs> He used to sit what was your time trial? <laughs> I, see, I was middle of the road with everything. Uh, what, what did you do, two? Uh, yeah, we chopped and changed. So it turned into the 2K, but there was there was like a 3K to start with. They, and then this thing called the yo-yo test. Yeah. Um, beep tests were a disaster for me. Yeah. Um, I was horrible at those. But yeah, but they ended up turning. Oh, and then towards the end, there was the six-minute run. Just... Oh. Hard as you can for six <laughs> minutes, which is horrific. And then they turn no. that in. Then they turn that into the fifteen minute run. Fifteen. I couldn't do anything for fifteen minutes <laughs> in a row. They got. They got. You know, that time towards the end of my career, Mark Blitzer, who's trying to qualify for the Olympics. <laughs> Look at what he can do. Go, no shit. <laughs> he spent his whole life training for this. Exactly. Yeah. Cam Mooney, who were the other big blokes at the time? Uh, Cam Mooney. Yeah. Um, oh, Mark Blake, who was on our list for a while, he was a horrible runner. <laughs> so what Scarlo would do is he'd just tuck him behind him, let him take yeah. all the wind. <laughs> In the last two hundred, he'd come like steaming out. <laughs> just <laughs> stick a box. Yeah. He uh, he seemed like a no nonsense sort of yeah. cloak on and off field. <laughs> I, I was towards the end of my media days, and one one thing that never forget was Carlo uh, Kev Dickerson, who was yeah. your, your long time media manager. There, we put in a request for him. He said Scarlo will only do it is for the Sunday Footy Show if if we lose. <laughs> he said, so you can lock Scala in if we lose. If we win, I'll get you whoever's best on ground. Yeah, he had, he had an arrangement with the club. He goes, don't come to me, but I'll do it when we lose. <laughs> For what reason? Well, he just thought, yeah. well, um, yeah, you can. He didn't want to be asked every week, so then at least you narrow that. Oh, but then okay. he could just be abrupt and rude, and oh. then people go, oh, we'll finish this. <laughs> we'll finish this interview quickly because clearly you've had a loss. He goes, oh, well, well, shit, well, no good. <laughs> and then they, ju they just wind it up. <laughs> But in a nutshell, how lucky were you? And I'm not saying lucky no. you as a as a player. You you're great in your own right. But to be with all those people coming through at the same time, yeah, it's pretty awesome. Like I, I do pinch myself. It was a golden age of uh, the Geelong Footy Club. Been around for nearly 160 years. But um, now that I've retired, and you look back and you go through, and you'd be doing the same with your pie side. You go, shit, I had that guy at half back. I like I remember a day and. And people go, you know, seven. when do you think you guys are going to win? Um, we beat the Crows in Adelaide when they had Rashudo and all that. And you looked around and you go, well, I've got Enright, Scarlett, um, Milburn, Mackey behind me, um, you, know, you know, behind the ball. And I've got Ablett, Corey, Ling, Selwood, Kelly standing in the midfield and then Chapman, Johnson, these guys forward. Yes. I think we'll be pretty good. <laughs> like we'll be, we'll be alright. Oh, you so got us by five points in the prelims. <laughs> yeah, we scraped through. <laughs> yeah. That was unbelievable. You couldn't hear yourself thinking yeah, out, right. out there. But um, no, I like I feel incredibly, incredibly lucky. Like um, and I think some players get undervalued from that era too. Like I ran into you know, guys like Dave Wojcinski, like two hundred games, and you go, well, he was always good for eighteen touches, but he just break the game open, and we took it for granted, really. Yep. Mm. Uh, memories of playing against each other. Well, I'll give my memories. Yeah. The best thing was um, Lingy would go across yeah. to him and go, Phew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that fucking sucked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's far too quick for me. Yeah. Lingy, good luck with that today. <laughs> yeah, no, that sucked. Well, memories aren't great. The 07 prelim where 
we we come from nowhere and got beat by five points. The ball was in our fall line when the siren went. Then they won by about under fifty the next, next week. week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, the eleven granny, where yeah. uh, then you went forward. Pods went down, yeah, and then you went forward, and that ruined the game for us. So, because <laughs> we were in front when Pods went down, went down, and then you went forward and kicked three in the second half or yeah. something like that. Yep. And that ruined the game for us. So if Pod stays up, fucking who knows? So my memories aren't great against playing Geelong, <laughs> and and I had to deal with Cameron Ling when I was at my best. Geelong were at their best, so that was such a well disciplined side. And um, Ling was their leader, so I'm sure they made a focal point of trying to whoever they were tagging at. And it was it was generally me. I, I'd used to come in and then I go, "Fuck, I hope he's going to Scott today." <laughs> then ball would go up, and he'd come to me like, oh, "Fucking hell, I'm gonna have to work a bit harder today." But um. Mate, at 11, yeah, we lost three games all year and they were all to Geelong. So we obviously, they had something that we just couldn't figure out. But two, um, 2010, they torched us in the prelim. Was it the prelim or the first Yeah, one? the prelim. Pre- prelim. I yeah. still remember um, Big Brown kicked one from about 80 and it bounced nine <laughs> different ways. ago. oh, this is not our night. <laughs> yeah. That's gone through. But yeah, they, they had stars everywhere, um, of course, led by him. But he just, we knew if he got the ball and cleared that at, like initial congestion, like it was over because bloody quick for man who takes little steps is <laughs> so bloody quick. Efficient, Dane. Yeah, he goes. But um, that's why we put so much time into Swanee. Yeah. Like every time we played Collingwood, Lingy, and then it was the other midfielders. How can we help? It was like Lingy pretty much backpacking, bowing him. You wouldn't get away with it now. Like he absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> but you did. Um, you did improve his looks when your head accidentally <laughs> threw back and had a broken nose. <laughs> well, look accidentally. accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> he improved his looks. <laughs> it was not early in the game too. And I reckon at half time we went. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening to your face? <laughs> <laughs> Said it before the game too. Seriously. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah. but that was always good to play against them. You know, you get up for a battle. Oh, quite chirpy too, which I enjoyed. Um, really? Especially down back. Yeah, 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 down back there was a lot of noise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of noise. But um, it was the best there. For a man who's very skinny and had a dog's body his whole entire career, Andrew Mackey had a lot to say. <laughs> right. Yeah, he yeah. still he still got his baby teeth. Like he never got adult <laughs> teeth. Yeah, it's not bad when he's hanging around when he's got Scarlett yeah. and Enright and that's sitting yeah. next to him. Yeah. Joel Corey, <laughs> like all those kind of guys sitting next to him. It's um, but I, he can I, say what he wants. But I found out um, through my career that. Matt Scarlett was very, very clever. He'd never sledge his direct opponent. <laughs> 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 He'd start sledging like um, Tom Harley's direct opponent or Corey Enright. I'd say, would you shut up? <laughs> you know, he'd start getting into them, but not his, not his direct well, opponent. He might have learned that earlier. There was something in my nuffy brain says his first two games were both on Matthew Lloyd. They were. He played one game um, <laughs> in, in one year and <laughs> then it was Matthew <laughs> Lloyd and they brought him back the next year and it was Matthew Lloyd and he played two games in two years. Right. And, um, both on Lloydy. So you probably thought, no. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not firing him up. Yeah. <laughs> um, the breakthrough of winning the flag, what's your memories of the supporters and everything else as well? Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Like, like I said, I grew up in Geelong when they lost 89, 92, 94, 95. <laughs> and they'd, um, yeah, they were pretty shattered. And I, they were a nervous wreck. I, I talked to some Geelong supporters, even though we're up by 90 points at three-quarter time. <laughs> They're like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> so surely we're not I'm a Melbourne supporter. I know exactly that. Last year I lived that. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a pretty cool feeling down, down there in Geelong. Like, they, you know, they, like I said, businesses right off the back of the cats as well, like the emotions of the town. Um, so for them, it was just out of this world. And it was like a, it was like a friendly riot down, <laughs> down Geelong. Like the streets were blocked off. But everyone was in good spirits. But it, it was madness. And, and so... 
the Melbourne analogy I want to ask you about. So last year, the narrative during the year, media narrative, mm. is all the bullshit about the Norm Smith ghost and blah, blah, blah. And like like the players had anything to fucking do with the 60s and 70s lack of yeah. success. How did you guys... Because that would, that would have been exactly the same thing. Oh, Geelong ever won it for 35, 40 years, whatever the drought was at the time? Yeah, well, I think you started to touch on that. You don't own any of that. Like, yeah. you're aware of it. Everyone was, everyone's telling you every second day. Yeah. But, but you don't own any of um, the near misses from the 90s. Like, yeah. some of the guys were, like, five and six years of age. Like, <laughs> what are we going to do about it? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure halfway through the third, um, you know, uh, Peter Materia kicking his fifth on the wing against the Cats has <laughs> got nothing to do with me playing against Port Adelaide. So as soon as you just recognise it for what it is, um, I hate to say the footy cliche, it's like outside noise, but yeah. that's literally what it was. It like, made a fair bit of theatre to it, but um, I, I think that the biggest difficulty was us playing the prelim against the Pies, and then you're like into Port Adelaide, who have been a pretty good side, who um, won down at Geelong actually... Uh, I think in the final round or the second last round. So you just go, we've just got to beat a very good side in Port Adelaide. Like, you know, getting beaten against the West Coast in the 90s is not going to do much this Saturday. Which one was uh, the most special? Um, Almost memorable was the one, you know, Smith one or the first one? I don't know. There's something about that, the Saints against the Saints. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of people thought we were a flash in a pan. You know, you lose the year before after being so good. The Saints were dominant. All year, and then I think because it was pissing down, and it was hailing, freezing, wasn't it? And it was brutal. Yes. The game, uh, I don't know. There's just something old school, like a you know old school footy mentality. It just felt felt like that. It was something pretty cool taking away from that one. That first premiership. Does Bill Brownless know he wasn't playing in that? <laughs> he was up and about. <laughs> did he go to your reunions? Yeah, yeah he did. He come come to Mad Monday. <laughs> I think that's what Geelong did really well through our time and generation. Is there was a bit of a disconnect between. A lot of the older players, especially through the 90s and that, and, um, yeah, I think they felt like they were a bit forgotten and things like that. But being able to embrace and like come back to the club, we started to do things like it was your number for training day. So like number three, send out a letter to the former number threes. All you guys are coming to training. It was my job to introduce them to the playing group. And you could see the guys going, oh, I actually did something pretty cool. Like, you know, some guys feel like... Um, yeah, it's nice to acknowledge that they've done something pretty cool in their time, which is play AFL footy in whatever era. And I think that connection, you know, sort of made the club feel uh, really good about it. And yeah, Bill Brownless in particular, how much he, <laughs> he he loves the cats. So uh, yeah, he definitely had a, a few froffies, as you could say. <laughs> He's in the paper today about uh, you know. He's slimming down. He's lean and mean. Well, <laughs> this this is right up your alley, Dave. Not it's, a, not it's just been area. a real long play, has it? Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> to get this story. Well, the, the bit that's in your area, Dane, is that he, you know, obviously the, the message is serious, and Shane Warne, et cetera, and get yourself checked and all that type of stuff, especially when you get to our age. But he happened to be promoting a product, so he's getting an earn while he's also putting a good Smart. message across. Mm. A few sheets. <laughs> <laughs> wrong with that. <laughs> exactly. Uh, did you manage to sneak any mates into grand finals? Uh, like someone else here has? No, it's a... <laughs> I still don't know how you did that. Uh, this, well, I know how you did it, but I don't know how you did it. This, Swanee will attest to this. Finals are expensive for a player. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, people go, what are you talking about? So you only get two tickets. It's ridiculous. 100,000-seat stadium and the players get two tickets. So Do the math. That's a very small percentage of yeah, the tickets. But I think about how many players have gone through the AFL system that think that they would like two tickets. This is playing. Playing, yeah, it costs you... On the day, you mean? On the day. Yes. Right. Come on, Sam. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't do Every week there's a faux pas from you. <laughs> <laughs> That's yours. Yeah, yeah. but hang on. <laughs> you have a Don't other other play. If you're not playing, are you still entitled to any tickets? 
What do you mean? That's a good question. So what do you mean? Words, if you're on the list? Players. So let's yeah. say the Pies and the Hawks are playing. Does a Cats player get a grand final? Grand final. final they get, no, yep. they get, they get their ticket. Yeah. One ticket. Yeah, yeah they, they get one. For them to go. Yeah. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? Because I guess it's a people, friends assume, oh, can you get me tickets can to the grand? That's why exactly what we're saying, Samantha. Yeah, it's a, it's expensive. That. Yeah, I think there's this... I think people outside of footy clubs think that players go into the change rooms and there's this big, like, <laughs> trestle table. And on that one, there's just this, like, metre high of tickets. And on the other one, there's just football jumpers and footballs you can just take. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I get it. I didn't even play. Now, the thing is, like, you can, like, players can generally make a good good dollar from grand final tickets. <laughs> then you go, then you go, oh, fuck, I mean, who my uncle's cousin's brother wants one, does he? Oh. There's a thousand bucks down. Then I got to pay for that one, yeah. so it costs you even more. So it's um. Do you buy them? You have to buy. Well, you have to buy them. Yeah. Why? Well, what do you mean, Sam? This like what James just said. Them? There's not a trestle table there full <laughs> no, of tickets <laughs> where you can just grab as why many as you want. Why don't you just say to them, get fucked, get your own ticket? Oh, that doesn't Be- go far. Exactly. <laughs> well, how many people can you accommodate yeah. though? Like well, you, you try and accommodate because uh, we're lovely people, Samantha. We try and accommodate as many people as we can. So, so this is what happens is you. They want to come watch us play grand final day. It's a very special occasion. And so you buy them a ticket. Well, sometimes you have to. You know to. what? They should support you and buy the, their own ticket. They do. They support. They supported me through my whole mm-hmm. life as a baby. You know, <laughs> the more I can do is give a little bit back. You know, some people don't make the money AFL players do, and they can't afford it. So no. you got to look after them. Wow. But as you get older, you realise you only need six people to carry a coffin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, this is, just this get is rid of a few. Yeah. <laughs> that, if you're using that process, well, yeah, that, exactly. that, is, that, that is true. I literally got a, a message this morning. I woke up to a message this morning. How can I go about getting granny tickets from a friend? How the fuck am I meant to get tickets if you're out there buying your own tickets? For, for, a, for a price, I might know a guy. Everyone's got a guy. Don't don't guess. But someone I used to work with at the footy show and someone Dane used to work with at Collingwood. Yeah, right. He used to <laughs> rip him off and hang him up and go, do they think I'm ticker tech? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he would get it more than anyone. He would. <laughs> flat out. He'd get all of the, the guy that he, his kids went to school with. He doesn't deal in tickets anymore. He deals in sweets and boxes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's like the Monopoly man. He's <laughs> yeah, in hotels exactly. and we're still using little houses. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> and something else you got in common with Dane, not just winning at Brownlow, but you couldn't get on the drink when you won it. No, no. <laughs> so, uh, oh, this is, but did I, you? <laughs> <laughs> Grand no. final ru- rudely interrupted. No, well, um, I actually took um, one of my good mates at the time, and I still remember, it was the first Brownlow I went to. Um, I'd been suspended in the previous years, and then I went up, and he had this old like shitbox like Cortina thing, and then you've got like established stars of the game, you know, like Goods and Buckley and all that, and they've got beautiful vehicles showing up, <laughs> and we showed up at. Um, crown and it's like oh, can you park that and they're like well, are you kidding <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it was tim gallon we went along and then headed back to geelong and i used to live directly across the road uh from big pub down there which billy actually owns now the, the, the corn yeah. so we <laughs> lived across the road and uh, with three teammates there but they just completely like destroyed the front of the house they had <laughs> stolen stuff from the pub it was all on the front and going, oh, can't stay there tonight won't get any sleep i still remember the funniest bit was showing like, what's that on the front door Remember the gobble dock, the Smith's Chiefs, yeah. like the big hairy beast that looks like a Yeti? There was a big cardboard cut out of that in the pub. They'd stolen that and wrapped that up in Geelong jumpers and things like that. That was all over the house. But no, I couldn't get on, couldn't get on the beers. Uh, you, you guys were, were you pioneers in the Mad Monday uh, dress up for the cameras? I think we were. Yeah. I Geelong does it really yeah, well, absolutely. I think. Yeah. I, I, the thing I liked about it, it wasn't just your standard run in the mill, go get a costume. There was a lot of thought. Mm. How early on in the season? 
I'd start writing down in my phone just some some ideas and, and yeah. things like that. Um, we pushed the boundaries, to say the least. Um, sounds funny. It was Some of them are only 10 years ago, but you probably couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> pushed the boundaries. And, yeah. um, it was a lot of prep went into it. And all you, once you get it organised, you tuck it away and you'd say, the club, well, at least I've taken care of it. I'm not worrying yeah. about the finals. Yeah. yeah. All right. But oh, Scarlo would go... All out. He commit his body to it. Yeah. No, it was very good. I must admit, watching from afar, other clubs, they they did it very, very well. They, they all were pot committed, and uh, no, it was it was very, very good. Did you have to nominate? Like, I'm taking B1. You can have B2. Like, did you have to so that other people didn't come up with the same thing? Because well, well, good question. I, well, I think that's why uh, you know you, you go. Was there a it. committee? I guess. Um. Oh, myself and Joel Corey were in charge of it, and right. you could you could float your idea to us, and we'd say, right. well, you might want to lean a different way. Someone's going down that path. Okay. But we wouldn't give it up. But also because everyone was picking more, like people going on the world instead of just going to a costume shop and getting mm. you know King Kong that sort of stuff or um, you know B one or B two. You didn't really get many double ups, but there was mass, massive punishment for double ups, right? Because then you got put to a vote who who did it the worst. <laughs> so yeah, it was a lot of fun. What was your personal favourite that you did and that someone else did? Uh, I think Scarlo's either his KB where he shaved down the middle of his head. <laughs> That's uh, commitment. It was commitment. Or he came as as Dermy. We actually got the thigh pad out and like put it in the chest. He kept in character. Um, Oh, there was a lot of good ones. Um, oh, I had one which probably now I'd never be able to do when um, came as the St Gilda schoolgirl. Oh, <laughs> um, wouldn't the editorials be flying now? <laughs> um, you wouldn't be able to do it now. Um, but the, the scariest thing about that was at 10am you start drinking and that's after you've been drinking Saturday and Sunday and you get to about 10pm and you get a lot of sideways looks from teammates when you're wearing a skirt. <laughs> <laughs> I felt very uncomfortable. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. We no, did have great legs. Yeah. <laughs> and I was looking at some teammates. Like, You've got to stop, mate. <laughs> <laughs> stop looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, dear wow. Mate. So how was? Uh, how did you get through COVID? Back COVID. To, back to now. Um. Kept healthy, kept fit. Um, yep. I think that that was the big focus. If you kept healthy and, and fit and things like that. Um, Top five Netflix or uh, yeah, anything? Netflix walked the dog until the dog was exhausted. <laughs> <and> did, <laughs> no, no, no more, mate. No, no more. Um, yeah, just cut laps within my five k circle as you're yeah. allowed to do. Well, I'm, al- I'm also really impressed with um, Jimmy's daddy daycare because yeah. I follow Jim on Instagram, and whenever he has the boys, he comes up with the coolest fucking ideas yeah. of how to entertain these two boys in the backyard. I'm saying to write down ideas for when Noah's a bit bigger. Yeah. Other than that, I'll just drop them off at your place because he seems to entertain them very well. Where well, do you get that creative flair from? Well, pretty lucky. Mum was a school teacher for right. 40 odd years. And then um, I've got two older sisters and uh, older sisters have got boys. Um, it's lots and lots of boys in my family. So I've lent into a few of their ideas. So they're a bit like puppies. If you don't run them around, they start <laughs> eating your shoes and things like that. So I just And then, of course, when playgrounds were shut down and homeschooling and mm. stuff like that, it was just... I've just literally got to burn some energy here yeah. and um, I'll just hose you down at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, g- give me an example. What, what was good? I've literally lost track of some of the things that you would create. Like, they're always in costumes. They're yeah. always You're always building forts out of old cardboard boxes or yeah. something and having sword fights and <laughs> there's just so many activities that but they're notes doing. notes for Dane, please? 
Yeah, you need to start following Jim and taking notes. Mm-hmm. Well, keep all the boxes from all the bloody flat pack stuff yeah. that you've got to build these <laughs> days. And yeah. They can go nuts on that because if they break that, oh, it just goes in the bin anyway. That's Fantastic. very true. Mm. You could buy them everything under the sun and they still just want to play with the cardboard box. Exactly. Right? Uh, well, we're here to talk shit, but just to finish with, it's Mother's Day uh, yeah. this week and one of the bravest things you... Fuck, I better write that down. Yeah, you better have to But you finished your career growing your beard and, yeah. and that was... T- talk us about through your decision just to actually... Give awareness because that in itself is quite mm. brave. I thought. Yeah, it was a per- it was pretty personal for me. Like I, I grew up in in that environment, um, especially my mum and two older sisters. Um, I, I think just because I got to that stage in life where you're pretty comfortable with who you are and uh, where you're at, and I knew I was coming to the end of my career. It was my last year, but uh, we know the platform footy has like it's front page, it's back page, uh, radio everywhere, it leads everything, and. Thought the amount of people that come to the footy down Geelong games or, you know, the Cats going, well, we're going to be playing big Friday night and Saturday night games, that I could use that actually platform to start a discussion. And I, I didn't want to ram the messaging down people's throat because you know, that can tune people out. But yeah. I, I wanted people to use the beard, have a laugh. Like, I look like Grug or Happy Gilmore's caddy, <laughs> which actually I went as is one of my better <laughs> Mad Monday ones. Um, but... It's, that's already the, the circuit breaker. And then you could have the age-relevant conversation with kids or, or family members. So I was using the beard like, oh, geez, he, he looks a bit wild there. Why is he doing it? Well, then then the discussion's away, just a bit of respectful behaviour and things like that. And then the, the other part to it is to raise some money. So I have a close association with the Luke Batty Foundation, also Bethany, which does huge amounts of work down in Geelong in that space. If I could raise a bit of money for them as well, it was it was a bonus. And, and the feedback that you got that in going on that journey, and I'll probably ask it through the mates um, of Croft, when, yeah. when he did his breast cancer, amazing breast cancer run, he got so much out of it himself from people coming up to him. Yeah, it was... It was overwhelming um, positive, but it was overwhelmingly sad as well. Mm. I was getting a lot of people connecting with me saying, oh, I can relate to your story, which actually like made you feel really sad. Um, and then the amount of people then going, well, jeez, uh, I, I can connect with that part of your story or, or thanks for putting a light on it. I've been through this, I've been through that. But then also, again, going back to the positive, it actually then pointed people in the right direction where they could get some help through different organisations. So, um, yeah. I was a little bit taken back by um, how many people connected to it in a, in a negative way, which was uh, pretty sobering uh, at the time. Because if, you, if you're living a decent life, when you hear those stats, you go, fuck it, it's bullshit. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of people are surprised. I think yeah. they, they associate that sort of stuff with lower socioeconomic people or, you know, call it Struggle Street, if you yep. will. But no, I had people from, you know, Struggle Street, the top end of Collins, really, yeah. who were going, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about or I've been through it or a family member or a friend. And, um, yeah, it connects all all parts of society, which is pretty sad. And on the positive to finish with you, your mum's uh, yep. journey with you? Yeah, m- mum's a legend. Um, Swanee touched on it with his parents. Like You, you don't realise how much you, your mum and... Uh, you know, your mum and dad and your parents do for you. But mum, of course, we spent hours and hours driving across mm-hmm. country Victoria. You, you got cricket games, football games, basketball games. Um, yeah, she she's a rock star. She's a legend. Um, love it a bit. So happily to say that. I'm not afraid to say a bit of a mummy's boy in that fact, but she's a star. Uh, good stuff. Appreciate you coming in. Thanks, Thanks guys. Mate. Thank you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.